That's what I'm saying. It's... It's Wednesday. It's two o'clock. It's time, 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 time. Time, 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 time for Tim, 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 Tim. Welcome to Some Call Me Tim, the show about believing or not believing in all kinds of things. It might be God, gods, goddesses, cats, aliens, whatever you believe in. As long as you believe in... Actually, you know what? We, we haven't had anybody yet who doesn't believe in anything. But it's like you have to believe in something. Like, I believe that my hand is real. Like, oh, crap, it's melting. Ah! Just kidding. <laughs> All right, we have special guests today. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it sounded like, like a, a band of didgeridoos are walking down the street outside. How crazy. All right, everybody. It's time. Some me too. Special. We were supposed to have Cedric Drake in today, but he had car trouble and could not make it. So instead, we have we have the, these amazing treats for you guys today. Uh, we have hanging on from the last show, new trainee, and uh, oh, he's he's outside smoking. Good for him. It's David Stolowitz. He's here. We also have Arden Marchetta and Zach O. Wiseman running around uh, town with his squeeze box. So he uh, stopped by. Come on in, guys. Grab a microphone. Let's talk about Jesus. Or not. I mean, we don't have to talk about Jesus if you don't want. Some people don't like Jesus. Some people don't like Jesus. Uh, that's a really good hot one, Arden, so that's good. Okay, and great. Zach, when you talk into that one, you have to really talk into it. After yelling this motherfucker? Oh, no, that's perfect. You're perfect. Great. That's perfect. Great. Awesome. Uh... So, Arden, you were the first to answer the call on the BACN. Yeah. Do you do you do you believe in God? Uh, I actually uh, lost my faith um, around the time I was uh, sixteen. So you did believe in God? I did. I was a good, you know, Presbyterian, going to church every Sunday, and uh, no, I lost my faith. Uh, and you know, it was one of those very, very challenging things when you ask yourself is there a god you know if such things can happen in the world could there be a god but then what holds it all together if it's not i i became a big proponent of science and logic okay i have a scientific argument for how god exists <laughs> yay uh i i figured this out when i was on acid um i was watching a bunch of satanic videos in the morning trying to brainwash myself it didn't work uh but okay i had this thought um uh so the, the, the current uh, like standard uh, accepted whatever of the universe is that the universe is infinite and there are parallel infinite universes, right? Uh, so in the, in the infinite, there is, there is a universe where the, the God described in any, any religious text exists. That, that does make sense. I, I just Eat believe, a dick! <laughs> I just believe that in our, our universe we've, uh, we have no God. We have there's something bigger is there so the, the only thing bigger is science so if you're looking at uh what science is discovering now you know and what what's going on in the news they're finding new new energies and new forms of matter and new things that you know we can't even begin to describe new forms of matter yeah yeah because they've been looking for dark matter and they've been looking for antimatter and we've gotten to the point where we've created anti-hydrogen 
Anti-hydrogen now exists. Anti, well, uh, so it's it's just it's not hydrogen. There's not an atom, and there's not a. So it's it, an atom, it's, but it's, it's not an atom. Instead of having a proton with an electron orbiting it, it's an electron with a proton orbiting. Whoa! Yes. Whoa! Everything exists. Everything that has ex- everything exists. Rule thirty-seven of the internet. You yeah. know, if you can think it, there's a porn of it. Well, <laughs> well there's um, there's um. There's a actually this is a poet. I want to see some anti-hydrogen porn. That sounds dope. <laughs> Doctor Manhattan, anti-Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> a metaphysics is the whole study of, but uh, you you think once you think it, then you just have to back the technology up to it. Yep, basically. So then, I read this whole thing. Like, I mean, we see it. The flip phones from Star Trek. Okay, they they existed, and now we have cell phones. Like, but I don't think that we're gonna figure out that whole teletrans transportation thing i don't think that you can move matter like um, that like pulling it apart and putting it back so together they, they can because that would that would negate a soul if you could possibly do that if you well, could maybe souls don't exist maybe it's just <sighs> a fucking machine up here just mar- it's a big old abacus big old meat abacus just knocking things back and forth big but old meat so abacus. they have uh through quantum entanglement are you familiar they they yep. uh, get two particles and they uh, entangle them basically they just like get them to mate for life like penguins right uh and then they can stretch these uh, particles uh, an infinite length apart, and they still respond. It's like the movie Twins, where one one twin gets burned, the other one feels the the pain, right? Oh. The, yeah, spooky. So like they can uh, say say they're gears, right? And they're rotating, and they would be rotating together like that. They'd spin this one the other way, and the other one would spin the other way. Oh. So like they if they could entangle uh, uh, all the all the uh, atoms on your body with all these other atoms, uh, they can transfer the information just shoot you over there but it does it destroys the original so you would still die so, yeah that's the whole thing it's, I feel like if if teleportation exists in that way that you can't you would you would die even if even if you could think about it the way like in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where all the little things you know they get transported by TV to the to the TV and you reach in the TV and you get the candy bar and that's how they shrink Mike TV does anybody, did anybody read this as a kid nope yep okay yeah, good he's on the I mean, I think Roald Dahl is one of my, like, god figures because I believe in his mythology. I'm like, of course I could live on a pea inside a peach with all those little animals. Uh, bugs, it'd be so fun. But when he shrinks in Mike TV with the TV and the thing, but they do it with the chocolate bar, I thought about that. And, like, Roald Dahl was like, yeah, of course. You know, you just kind of go up into the air and you flit around. And then even in the movie with Gene Wilder, rest in peace, he, they, they put him in the air and they all float over there. And they put it... So... I don't. I don't believe in teleportation. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I think I think the technology will come along, but I don't think anyone will sign up because the, the whole is it really me on the other end when I get there? Somebody would fucking do it. They'd start doing it, and then there'd be no way to disprove. I mean, if you're the person, like, if you could, uh, if it took all your thoughts and everything up to that point, right, and you die, but the next person gets those thoughts, how how you there'd be no way to discern. It'd just be a blink. Be like, I think. Yeah, the, but you, would you come through on like a on a like a 3D printer? Is that how it would be? <laughs> like, they, they transfer all your thoughts and and then those cells what like miraculously occur or they get printed out of some weird skin machine? I don't. Well, you know, because you're we're still organic. How do you move organic matter? Well, it's it's all about at the fundamental. What they're talking about is breaking us down to the quantum level and transferring that information, oh. right? So rebuilding you is, is essentially like making a fax copy of somebody where you put it in one end, it scans it, digitizes it, sends it, and then 
the other side just kind of materialized it. And aren't fax machines amazing? Remember when those came oh out? My and God. didn't that just revolutionize everything? That was awesome. That made every childhood memory of a vacation that of my father getting a fax. <laughs> uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in New Jersey. Oh. Yeah. In the pretty part of New Jersey? In the very pretty part of New Jersey, the greenest green part of it, the northwest part where it's all cow farms, equestrian centers, and uh, doctors and millionaires and farmers. Whoa. Yeah. And Christians. Lots of Christians. Lots of very good Christians. Uh, Presbyterians, Catholics. Actually, I went to Catholic Mass recently with Chris Christie. With Chris Christie? Yes. This was pre is the really, election. Is he as fat as he looks? He he was definitely slimming down from where he was Damn at that it. point. Yeah. Damn it! I like to see his. I like in his fatness. I see failure, and it makes me happy. Well, the thing is, I like to believe fundamentally we're all good people, and uh, he was a family man. He was surrounded by his family, and uh, I thought that was great. You know, he was together with his family, and you know, no no photographers, no press, no media. It was just him at church. Wow, in New Jersey. Yeah. So you went home for Christmas. Uh, yes, I did. That was two years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this year, are your parents this year mad I stayed here and for, worked. Are your parents mad at you for negating your religion at this point, or do they no, hold they, that against you? No, not in, in no way. You know, I'm my own person. I can be whoever I want to be. So, gotcha. Yeah. So, you found your faith in science, and you know all this stuff. What I mean, what else? You're young. You're like 22, maybe. I'm 33. So, shut up. You want my driver's license? Are you just like a fundamentally happy person? That, or do you take Botox? Like no. <laughs> I'm clinically depressed and I have uh, social anxiety disorder. So do you, is that, if, but your skin looks great. Do you like stay inside in a closet and never, you, like you look so young. He's not going to the beach with a bunch of people, you know. He's just, uh, I'm going to sit here and watch Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I'm a workaholic. And up until recently, I was in uh, marketing and online advertising. Whoa. And then uh, one day I couldn't live the lie anymore, so I quit. <gasps> And now I'm coffee barista. You couldn't live the line. Were you married too, or it was just? No, no. I've always were, been single. You were single, yeah. and you just said, "Ah." Yep. Was it? Was it something your boss said? Was it? Was it an accumulation of time? It was just you know going from job to job, thinking, chasing the money, chasing the position, the title was going to make me happy, and at the end of the day, I got to exactly where I wanted to be. And I hated myself. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I had a very similar experience, but very different because I wasn't, I've never been in a high power job situation with money. Yeah. And, and the other thing was, it was literally the anxiety and the stress and the pressure was killing me. Like I was having daily panic attacks and What's a panic attacks. attack like for you? What is that? What ex- ex- like explain to us. I think everyone's panic attacks are a little different, but explain yeah. explain yours. Mine is uh racing thoughts and uh you know the inability to catch one's breath. It feels like a heart attack. Um and you feel like you're dying. Yeah, and it's it's not great, but it once you understand what's going on with your own body, you can just find a quiet place to sit and recover from it. Um but it's no fun. Wow. Uh, anyone else have panic attacks? Not once in my entire life. Never had a panic nope. attack. I don't Lucky. understand that at all. I don't get it. I hate, like, I'll be in situations where I just hate to be there. And, uh, like, I just, I, uh, I'll leave most of the time. I'll just be like, I hate this, I'm gonna leave. But I've never, I've never been short of breath because of anything other than physical activity. Yeah. The, the other bummer is I'm also uh, phobic of needles. Oh. So doctor's visits are super awesome. Right. Uh, my doctor bullied me into getting my first flu shot ever this year. 
And uh, you, I always get sick from that damn flu shot. Did you get sick? I, I had a horrible like five day sinus thing going on. Uh, but you know, I. I but once I, you get sick, you're inoculated. It's like come on. I, I I I'm a believer that uh, coincidence isn't causality. Oh. Yeah. So you're like you're you're fine with vaccinations. Well, I'm fine with vaccinations. I, I believe. Just not that. on yourself because you don't like needles. Well, no, I I, I tough it out and I, I go for my uh, every six months I have a blood work test done oh. up. Uh, you know, just vitamin levels, platelet counts. I'm I'm I have a low platelet count. That's another fun fact. Uh, and also you know my uh, STD checks. You know, make sure I'm still clean. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think about that stuff. I mean, not anymore, because I've been in a monogamous relationship for three years, so we're, I, we're fine, there's no problem. But I never even think think about that. Uh, Zach, they, what would they see in your blood? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I haven't been to a doctor in years. Really? Yeah, long time. Really? Long time. Are you ner- do you not go because you feel like you can't afford it, or do you not go because you don't fucking care? or do you Both. Both. You know it's free for poor people. What I gotta go wait in line for something I don't it's care not, about. It's oh god, he doesn't. Do you so you don't ever feel <laughs> your body feels good though? You don't have any weird things. Your kidney doesn't hurt. No, I mean there's like weird shit, but I just usually like sometimes I'll have like wicked night sweats for like a week, and um, I'm like oh no, maybe I'm a werewolf, but I just never go check it out. You know? <laughs> well, night sweats a lot are from drink. Have you been drinking a lot? No, usually it's when I don't do drugs for a while. Huh. When I, like, I'll pass That's out on weird. drugs and I wake up and I'm dry as a sheet. You know, I'm just, uh, huh. but some, I don't know. I don't know what it is. The first time I ever had, like, really bad night sweats, I woke up and I thought I pissed myself. But then I was like, how could I piss myself all over? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've, I've had, I've had that happen before and thought that, oh, no. Because there's nothing worse than peeing in bed next to somebody you love. <laughs> you, you know, the, the only thing worse is being peed on by somebody. Uh, I was young <laughs> and out of college, and uh, I was living in essentially an extension of my fraternity uh, with a few of my frat brothers. We all graduated together. And uh, we brought home these girls from the bar, and uh, the one was, you know, too drunk. And I was like, do you just want to crash here? And she said, yeah, sure. So she crashes in my bed. And I wake up in the middle of the night going, why am I soaking wet? Oh, my God, she's pissed the bed. All right. So I got to get her out of bed, get her into the shower, get her cleaned up, get her some clean clothes, put her wow. on the couch downstairs, clean my bed, clean my this sheets. This is very responsible of you. And then at this point, I was sober and I was like, do you just want to ride home? And she's like, yeah, sure. So I drove her home and then came back and dealt more with the bee bed. Wow. So then my roommate was dating her best friend. right? And my roommate thought this was hilarious so uh he told her and she goes well sometimes i mean you just piss a guy's bed what and that's when we stopped seeing both of these girls wow that was that's so funny that that's a statement (laughs) and this was this was in uh pennsylvania wow that is some weird entitlement that girls have some weird entitlement that is one of the weirdest things to be entitled about oh yeah i don't remember pissing his bed I mean, it's expensive. No, people don't have like rubber sheets. Like it, it's your mattress has a stain on it. Yep. Sometimes you have the kind of mattress you can't flip. Oh yeah. Oh, have you ever had? Okay, this is my brain just went to a weird place. But have you ever had bed bugs? Have you ever had to experience that? Yes. When did that? See, now that makes me believe in God. No, it doesn't make me believe in God. It makes me believe in the devil. Yes. Because the bed bugs 
are the manifestation of all evil in the universe into a tiny bug that you cannot get rid of. Yep. And, uh, yeah, my apartment in uh, New Jersey, West New York, New Jersey, across from Manhattan, when I was doing the marketing thing out there, uh, it was my neighbors had an infestation that carried over into my place. It wasn't even me. Oh, so yeah. God. Every time it hasn't been me either. It's been through the walls, yep. and it's been someone else's fault. And then we have to deal with the nonsense. That's oh, so bad. But see, I didn't even have an Evan bite me, and it wasn't even like gross like that because they only found one in the apartment. It was on the other side too of a two-bedroom apartment, but they still made us do the whole thing. Yeah. And it was like two months. I got a, I got a month free of rent because I was like, I can't live here while they're doing. It. I can't live out of. If I'm gonna live out of bags, I'm gonna at least live out of bags at my friend's house. Yeah. I'm not gonna do this. This is not okay. And they're like, oh, it is. And just have to do it. It's what it is. I was like, I'm a renter. This is not, anyways. Yeah. So it was bags and bags and so much dry cleaning and washing. And yes. It was, and I'm so sorry I had to go through that. And, and this was in a studio apartment that was, you know, so tiny I had to go outside to change my mind. It was, you know, <laughs> it, I mean, it was cramped as shit. So, they're like, okay, well, we have to do, you know, the bedroom part. Because fortunately, there was a dividing wall. And they were like, okay, so you can live on an air mattress in the kitchen. Oh. And I was like, god damn it. All right. So it, And, you know, right next, my head bumping into the refrigerator, my yeah. feet under the kitchen table. And it's just, yeah, that was annoying And it's shit. like eight weeks. It's insane. Yeah. Six to eight weeks. Yeah. It's awful. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Uh, what other horrible experiences have shaped your life? Uh, I was a male model in Colorado for a bit. What? Yeah, about uh, four months out there at a small modeling agency. What kind of ads did you do? Uh, I, none. I wound up doing uh, event marketing. I'm doing air quotes right now. Around. What's event marketing? Oh, you're like the car girl. You're like the girl that stands at the car and looks really pretty. Yeah, except I was the guy handing out free samples in Walmarts. Oh. Yeah, so it was like, you know, and people always laugh thinking I'm making jokes about the products I actually did. And I was like, no, I did Jergens, right? Oh, the hand. You walked up to people and squirted them with lotion? Yeah, it was like, yeah, would you like some lotion, right? Uh, Would you like some lotion? Yeah. And uh, I, let's see, there was uh, extra strength, fast acting Tylenol. That that was a big one. Uh, I wound up doing some of the girls' promotions because we didn't have enough girls. So uh, I did. Axe clone for men, uh-huh. right? but it was supposed to be hot girls in the supermarket walking up to guys to spray them. Instead, it's me, a dude, walking up to dudes in Colorado, right? <laughs> you know, deep red part of Colorado wow. and New Mexico, uh, and them being like the the hell. So you were you you were giving away axe, or you were trying to spray them with I, it? I was trying to spray them with it to get oh. them to take one to take to the counter and check out. How much? Did you get paid per hour for this modeling I, job? I, and it, why would you call it a modeling job? Isn't that a marketing job? It, it really is, but it was through this uh, modeling agency, which was, I hate to say it, I was part of a scam. Uh, we were duping people out of their money for headshots. Um, wow. Yeah, because if it, you were a real modeling agency, you don't charge for headshots. Oh. So for any act, aspiring actresses out there or models, if you go into an agency and they say, okay, you have to pay us for headshots, run. 
Yeah. Well, because if they they won't take you on if they don't want to spend the money on you. That's the exactly. thing that an agent or an agency does is they find you work because they get a percentage yep. of what you make. And so that only makes sense that they would put the money into you. Yeah. They'd groom you a little bit, make you be the way they wanted you to be because you're representing them. Yeah. So I was the face of the agency also to try oh. and sign people and dupe them out of their money. Well, you were. it's the beginning of your marketing day, yeah. days that... Yeah. So was it... I mean... You left your whole life mm-hmm. and it, I mean, but that's almost like a moralistic decision, you know, like yeah. it seems there's a, like, so this internal integrity that you've, you know, uh, you know, have, what were the things that shaped that if in your, if you weren't, you know, shaped by this external force of God, of the Jew God or the yeah, Christian God or the whatever, <laughs> the Muslim Yahweh, what do you want to call him? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think it, it's a, a upbringing and environment uh, is a large factor in why I am the person that I am and why, you know, I try to stay true to this moral self that I have and also to my ethics and what I believe in fundamentally. Um, and yeah, that has to do with uh, family, you know, and, and also the experiences that shape me, both good and bad. But you, I want to hear about this final moment where you were like, this, this is it. High-powered job. Be damned. Yeah. Like, because there, there's a ser- I mean, as you, you probably, what, cut your cut your income by like 75% maybe? Oh, it, it, no, way more. I was making six figures. Oh. And I now make thirteen fifty an hour making what? coffee. Yeah. Are you writing a book about this? <laughs> uh, no. So I'm, I'm working on my comedy career, uh, but I also want to get back into uh, writing. Gotcha. Um, because I've had some writing and journalistic jobs, um, but they didn't bring me happiness or joy either. Mm. Um, I think writing to pay the bills, I can make some compromises to do creatively and artistically. But, you know, I've always been very good at taking very technical and dry things and making them exciting and interesting. Oh. Um, so I might get back into doing that, and hopefully that'll be able to keep me afloat and pay the bills so I can pursue this comedy thing and make coffee, too. Sparkle fun. You like making coffee? Uh, God, I love it. It is the most zen thing in my life, aside from rock climbing. Make Just making coffee for people. But you, do, you, do you have to deal with the people and make the coffee? Or yeah. do people just... Okay, but and the people are you're fine with the people. Yeah, because I I I present them warmth and love and welcoming and they respond in kind 99% of the time. There's there's the occasional customer who unfortunately, you know, just wants to be grumpy, but you know, everyone has that day. I have that day and I understand. I empathize and so I I st- I put up with whatever little bit of, you know, adjective they're throwing me my way and I uh, make their coffee and you know, present it in a, my loving manner that I do. Wow, I, I'm, 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 I'm like almost eating your your hippie bullshit. <laughs> no, tell us, tell us about the, tell us about the rock climbing. You're, and well, you said Zen, so you've got sort of these ideas that are coming yeah. from places of like balance and. Yeah, I'm very eclectic. Uh, you know, I've got weird hobbies that stem from, you know, weird things about my childhood. Like I was never very good at. You know, sports involving throwing and catching things. Mm, yeah. Um, so I got into barroom sports. So I'm very good at pool, or at All least right. I was for a while. I'm way out of practice now, but I used to be a pool shark. Um, 
and uh, hustled people for money. And then uh, I also got very good at darts for a while. Never had to pay for a drink. How do you hustle people for money? You start a pool game and you lose the first game. And then you say, hey, let's bet some money on this. Well, it, it's more that <laughs> it, it's from the time you walk in the pool hall, you're presenting a persona, right? Uh, so you're, for me, it was, I'm the kid. That was my nickname. I was the kid because, you know, my whole life I've looked youthful. So just imagine me at 18, 19 years old, what right. I looked like then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'd walk in and uh, I was the kid and I was money because it seemed like I always had money to throw away on games. And, uh, you know, people who didn't know me, they would get into games with me and I would start off and I'd make it look pretty good where, you know, they're winning um, and they're confident in their ability to win against me, you know. Uh, and I'd bring up money. I'd say, hey, you want to play for a few bucks? And they go, okay, you know. Isn't that bar, bar people, like, they frown upon that, though? Oh, or yeah. you just it, keep it, it really DL? Yeah, you keep it on the DL because in most states it's kind of illegal. Um, but then, uh, you know, you, you lose games, but you lose close. And you become the one who's insistent on playing more. Right? And, oh. and they're going, well, why not? Free money, you know? Right. And then... Uh, then... You know, there, there are different tactics I used to do where I'd ask for spots that, you know, if you knew how I could play, you'd never give me any spots, right? So a spot is, you know, game of nine ball, which was my specialty. Uh, then the nine ball, you have to sink that to win, but you give the person another ball that they have, they could also win off of, right? Oh. So, if, you know, if you're a novice player playing against someone like me, you should be asking for all the weight. You should be asking for a spot, if not multiple spots. Right, but here I am, the hustler, you know, looking like I play like crap and asking for spots. And people are silly enough to do it if you say, but I'll up the money. Right? We'll put more money into it if you'll give me a spot. It seems like being a pool shark and dealing in marketing were kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. Same skills. Yeah, it's all, it's all about the illusion of something you know wow this this is what you're getting but you're not really getting it and, and modeling too that's kind yeah. of an illusion yeah that's an illusion as well so you don't do you do you have a good skin regimen i mean i really must know you no, have like no I, you've never botoxed i i, I shaved for the first time in probably three or four months uh new year's eve and uh now i'm just letting it grow back out uh, yeah, but, but you have no wrinkles in your forehead i'm sorry i'm turning in i'm it's the modeling thing yeah Dave, talk about God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, people talk about God too much, but they don't live the life, you know? <laughs> Is that an old Christian saying of some kind? Jewish, Christian, Muslim, it's all the same day. Yeah. yeah. I, I get so pissed off when people pretend otherwise. Um, like, there's idiots out there who think that Muslims don't worship God. They worship this ancient Babylonian demon named Sin. What? <laughs> yeah, because they look at the crescent moon and they just associate it with a pagan demon. Because um, they're projecting. But isn't that on their flag? Isn't there a crescent moon yeah, on some... Yeah, um, it was one of Muhammad's miracles is he, uh, he cut the moon. And I think it's a metaphorical way it means he predicted an eclipse. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. he! It was an eclipse. Yeah. Well, that we makes were sense. About those early yes, it all comes. It all comes back around, doesn't it? Yeah. Long uh, here on some call me Tim. Well, we're we're about halfway through the first hour of some call me Tim. 
uh, the show about religion and after we haven't gotten into the afterlife yet we'll get in we'll get into the afterlife uh, it'll be exciting stuff and then from three to four it's Timmy playing the Moogie Blues a uh, pervert fervor gives me a file and I'll be playing that from three to four and that's exciting stuff then from four to six there's uh, well there's really from five to six tonight is the kids club is back I'm teaching the kids again so that's gonna be interesting I'm also training uh, Anna uh, at that point but so here we are on the second hour uh, or second half hour of some call me Tim about gods and uh, Zach Wiseman you believe in anything not a fucking thing you believe in yourself though right no I don't even know if I'm real <laughs> I was I, I was wondering about that I was like what it's, 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 is this real I don't I don't know what's real anymore and especially I saw that David Blaine thing and he stuck a poker through his hand I'm like he can move atoms no blood he's a real wizard he's a real wizard I believe in that's the thing I believe in David Blaine I don't All believe in God it's an illusion I don't is it how do they I don't know. I'm I'm the perfect candidate for these hustles that you speak of, or magic, or hypnotism. I used to hypnotism. do sleight of hand stuff, and yeah, it was, you know. I told you a lot of weird hobbies, a lot of weird hobbies. Yeah, what did you, just watch TV as a kid? Yes, a lot of TV. Uh, TV and movies raised me, more, more or less. I mean, aside from my parents, you know, who we insisted on family dinners, sit-downs, you know, discussing our days, but uh, there was a lot of time spent in front of the TV. For really? Me. Yeah. Uh, was it just that you were a critical thinker and you were just like I, critically I, observing or I was a lonely kid you know uh, so I had an overactive imagination uh, and that made me into the storyteller I am today because I would do walkabouts you know I would walk through fields and woods and uh, I told you beautiful part of New Jersey and uh, do long walks and just think about things and imagine worlds and stuff like that and right. have imaginary friends I talk to and stuff and yeah it was uh, imaginary friends like Jesus. No, no, Jesus. no, no. But that's the imaginary friend you're allowed to have. Yes. Everyone's allowed to have Jesus as an imaginary friend. But the minute that you want, you know, an eight foot tall cat that stands on two legs, you know, like a big cat, then you're then you're screwed. Yeah. How's the, how the cat's arms hang? Do they hang out? In front? No, like like people, like kind of to the side. Do they have different shoulders. Do they have human shoulders. I don't. I think they work. I think they were kind of cats. It was like because they have to like, like stick out in front. You know, that's how cat legs work. You can just have them hanging at the side. Well, I mean, it wasn't like it. It was like a, a cat that turned into a, like you know that picture at Disneyland when you're in the um, in the haunted mansion and it changes from a lady into a cat laying on a. Nobody remembers this. <laughs> Second grade, don't oh. remember great. Uh, I was very influenced by Disney. Uh, but there, there was, I always wanted to have this cat person friend that was the size of a pet person. It was a lady cat. A lady cat. A lady cat. Um, all right, so the, uh, the afterlife, we all, we all die and we're scientists and we're in a box in the ground, yes? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that, that, that's the thing that's uh, scaring the heck out of me right now. It's the thought that, you know, after I die, nothing. Y- yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the way it works, right? Do, I mean... I don't know. I think uh, by the time we die, we'll know if we're uh, real or not. Okay, I was... <laughs> like the Velveteen Rabbit. Check I'll this out. i a real boy. Um, so, I think a lot of weird shit, right? 
But so Facebook, is, they are collecting more data than anybody's ever had ever on how people act, it's situations, responses to blah, blah, blah. They get all that data and they keep that. They really do. They have all of it. They fucking crunch the numbers daily. Uh, what if at a point they accumulate so much data that they can see all the algorithm, algorithms that make people work? You know, they could see the equations behind why people do everything and they could accurately predict that shit. That would mean we're either like, uh, we're like more mechanical than we thought or we're a simulation or we're the video game you know yeah i well that have you seen uh, that i you probably haven't because you you don't watch tv at the in your closet do you no no i didn't think so uh i've been watching the some of the black mirrors david mentioned it before okay well there's the um i was talking thinking about algorithms there for a second and how shit i lost it it fell out of my head. It just leapt out of my head. Whatever episode was in my head, and the, how they predicting our. Well, speaking of heads, oh, the right? John Ham one, where they or uh, yeah, they talked the simulation of the dude to get the the him to oh, confess the murder. That 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 yes. one, that Christmas one's amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah, the egg good. thing and the consciousness, and it's not the, and it's she's like ah, and then you put it on for years, and it's like no, no, it was that's that was like. I don't know what is what is real. She that was real to that yeah. copy. The yeah, copy yeah. was real. real. Yeah, yeah, it's that's very, terrible. Very Westworld. <laughs> I know. I love Westworld too. There's a comedy show this Friday that's called I Heart Westworld and other TV, and it's all about TV. And we're all going to talk about TV. And it, you know what it is? It's all just a ruse because I'm um, making a Survivor video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I want to, <laughs> you know, I want to be on Survivor. <laughs> So I'm using different comedy clips and doing things and then piece it together and be like, for my Survivor video. So I I think a lot of people's picture of the afterlife is based on what they see on TV. Absolutely. TV has brainwashed a lot. I didn't think, uh, because I've watched TV my whole life and then I didn't watch for like two years. And I watch, I'm like, this is like all propaganda and fucking weird. Like, they brainwash you. They fucking brainwash you. It's great. Yeah. No. Um, so uh, the, the the weird vision of the afterlife that sticks in my head is from MacGyver. Right? I watched a lot of MacGyver growing up. Mm-hmm. And he would always have these episodes where he was about to die or he got conked on the head. And he'd right. have these visions. And it was always like fraught with challenges and danger and stuff. And I'm like, that's a miserable afterlife. Like, I thought you were supposed to just like be happy not you know have to disarm a bomb with a toothpick i don't know that sounds way better than just chill like how is how is chilling forever fun how would that ever be fun as a guy who suffers from anxiety pretty awesome uh fucking like if there's no if there's no bad stuff it's just all great shit that's gonna be fucking bland as fuck like oh we just eat ice cream all the time this is great i love it i love it every time i eat it oh there there was an episode of the twilight zone where uh it was a a gangster dies and he thinks he's in heaven because it's like casinos and all the stuff he loves and dames and cars but everything's easy and he wins all the time and you know you know he always gets to knock off the bank and the cops never catch him and he's like there's no challenge and he's like this isn't heaven and he's like like at the end twist sorry to ruin it for people for 60 years ago but you know uh he's in hell oh my god yep from getting what he always wants yes uh, yeah i think the uh the thing that uh the classical definition of hell is missing is hope 
You know, it's like, it's all fire and terrible. And you're like, well, I guess I'll expect that then. Yeah. And he's like, ah, you can get out. And you're like, I can get out. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, n- yeah. really? No. Nope. 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 Yeah, get back in your hole. That, crawl through that lake of fire. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Ha, yeah. sucker. Did, did any of you guys see that? It was a movie when I was little, so I don't know if it was out when you, well, and it was a Presbyterian Christian church thing. I remember being at church and they showed us this movie and it was about like the end times Ooh. and the people that were, and it isn't Left Behind. That's a different series. Yeah, no, and that, I don't think that's... it was called Left Behind because this was in like the 80s okay, and it yeah. was, and they all like. They all, they, everyone went away and there were people that were still left and it was scary and awful and it was apocalyptic and, and it was like about revelation. And I was like, why would you show this to children? Why would you do this? This makes no sense. They showed us the red balloon and I don't know why to this day. The red, if you want to just use the microphone. If you want to um, the red balloon is, uh, he, he dies at the end, right? No, something I, dies. I can't remember. I just remember I had to sit it's, through and it yeah, was Yeah, it was just boring. And yeah, it's, it's long. It's really, really, really long and French. And we'll say, I think that that's probably one. Uh, yeah, it is. I see. I tested it and it was real. Okay. Uh, I was. It's so weird to like try to multitask. I just, <laughs> let me Facebook at the same time. That's what Zach's doing. Are you getting popular? I'm very popular. You are actually. He put a th- even if he puts the thing on bacon, everybody. Do you feel popular, Arden? Um, I feel like I make friends easily. All right. Yeah. I think you might be the antichrist. I think you no. said here. No. <laughs> no. 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 You are very. You're really likable. But this hustler thing. Yeah. Um. So, how does all this inform you? Does any of this inform your comedy, or are you just? Yeah. I mean, I bring a lot of my real life into comedy. Um. You know, just everyday stuff, observations on people and behaviors, but also. You know, things that happen to me and, you know, how I have to look at my own life in the lens of a comedian, otherwise it'd be too darn depressing, right? I mean, but you made the choice to be a barista, but that's not what the depressing part that, of life no, is. That, that has nothing to do with depressing. Episode. Yeah, this is, this is childhood trauma. This is, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Dark, okay. dark closets we keep closed. Uh, uh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, what's the worst thing that happens at the coffee place? Like, what's the worst... What's, what's, let me refine this better. The worst thing a human has done to you? No one's done anything to me directly. Um, you know, yep. um, no one's done anything to me directly. Um, you know, and also I think it's partly because of the way I approach people. Uh, in being just trying to be helpful in any way as possible. You know, so even when we get the people that wander in off the street who, you know... Um, are just there to kind of be a problem. You know, I, I still approach them as, is there any way that we could do a transaction here? Like, we give you a coffee or something, and, you know. Wow. Yeah, and... Because coffee, it's, I mean, just a cup of coffee. Yeah, it's just a cup of coffee, you know? It's better to smooth over and yeah, move and, along. Yeah, and just, you know, approach things. But it's more of people's natural behaviors that, you know, uh, we're animals. I mean, uh, so one day someone came over and said, hey, uh, somebody clogged the sink. And so I went to go check it out. And yeah, someone clogged it, all right, with uh, vomit. Oh. And I'm like, who? In the, oh. And I'm like, who vomits in a sink? I mean, I do sometimes, but I clean it up. I never leave it. I always yeah, clean it up. Th- this was, yeah, and I, you know, I had to scoop it out. And, you know, it was oh. pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh. Oh, I'm so, that's a word. See, you know, I've been that. I was that. I was the vomiter uh, on a Southwest flight. Yeah. And I decided to. I would. I had a 
I drank before the flight, and then I got on the flight, and I double-fisted. I asked for two beers at once. I drank them both quickly. And I think I might have even had a glass of wine. And this was like a flight from, like, just to San Diego. I mean, it wasn't that long of a flight. I was, And I got, I felt, like, super sick, and I got up, and I, I had to throw up in the toilet of the airplane. And I, I kind of came out the door, and I closed the door, and I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a terrible But at prospect. least you made it into the toilet and not the no, sink. No, no, no. It was the sink oh. in the plane. I couldn't make... I wasn't going to make... Oh. I, it was one of those things where it was happening and the sink was there and I wasn't going to like lift the toilet and figure out But those what things was have some pretty good it. suction on them. I think, I think that can be cleaned up pretty easily. I hope they just Th- this I ha- This I had to put on gloves and scoop <sighs> out by hand. And, and then the other day, somebody clogged uh, the toilet in one of the bathrooms uh, with a whole bunch of paper towels, oh. but it wasn't plungeable. I tried plunging it. That didn't help. I had to reach in there with gloves on and pull all this wadded up paper towel all the way out of the, the uh, air trap, reach all the way up in there and grab and pull stuff out. That's it, just it, it's abhorrent on two sides. One, why do that? And two, you're wasting all that paper. Yeah. Paper is like money. Paper is important. Yeah. Why would you waste paper? I don't know. To make someone's day horrible. Because what, what else are you doing? Well, I mean, is it a kid? I, I, I don't know. But <laughs> it, it's, it's just, just fest. I know it's embarrassing as all heck. But just be like, hey, you might want to deal with something in the bathroom. Don't just, like, you know, skulk out of the store and not tell us. Because eventually, you know, somebody's going to try and go thinking, oh, it'll just flush. And then it's going to back up and be a terrible worse mess for all of us. For everyone. Yes. And, and the, I mean, what that comes down to, I guess, is just um, inconsiderate, in, inconsiderateness. People being inconsiderate of each other and their time and their... Yeah. yeah. But you seem very considerate. So how do you... Can you change the world and make other people... I, I try to, you know. Comedy's part of that, just trying to sp- spread kind of a positive, fun message and brighten <laughs> people's day. It's like the opposite for me. I try to be to get out all my demons. Uh, I think Zach's the same way. He doesn't give a fuck about his audience. You're not trying to spread any joy when you're up on stage, are you? No, not joy. I try to make people think about stuff, you know? I try that. I get mad a lot, but that's, that's them being dumb. You give good suicide jokes. David, what's your impetus? Oh, you gotta get in the microphone, sweetheart. All right. We got Jen out there. Hey. Hey. How would you characterize your, like, what you bring to the stage? My deep darkness. <laughs> so you're like Loch Ness monster. It comes out of the deep dark pool. No, I. Uh, I think sometimes in the stories I share, I get more feedback from the audience after the fact, where they come up and go, "Oh my gosh, I just went through this," or "I have never heard it said that way before." So I try to make it so bizarre that whatever they've gone through might not have been so shitty. <laughs> you know, it's it, it's a different kind of catharsis that comes out of it. But, you know, being this is talking about God, I did choose Eros as a last name. You know, God of love or sore backwards. So it depends on how they take it. Yeah. Um, and I do try to find something that's going to be bringing it out of a realm of impossible into, hey, you know, your feet are attached. You can tell them where to go. This is not the last of the story for you. Huh. Sweet. Um, not always, but yeah. 
Uh, take us, take us where you want to go, Arden. I gotta, where we can. Um, let's see. We we have seventeen more minutes to talk about whatever you want. You mean yeah. you, you, you? I like all that science shit in the beginning was pretty fucking cool. I know. You have any other science facts to help us <sighs> There's expand a our minds? Bunch that rattle around in my head, but uh, nothing good right now. Um, you know, it's funny. This this whole thing brings me right back to college, right? The, being in the studio uh, because I used to have a radio show in college. Oh, right. And it was called the Night Space. Oh. And, and I, I had my radio voice and everything. And uh, yeah, it was funny because it was a relationship talk show. Oh wow! Yeah, and I would spin records in between calls, but uh, in records, uh, CDs at that point. Sure. But the fact that it was physical media at all. Right, right. Uh, and uh, people would call in with all their problems, and I'd help them try and work it out. But oh. out of the three years that I did this show, I only had. Uh, two real callers were they just your friends calling up? it was all my fraternity brothers and sorority sisters but we that knew counts people. well they were all prank calling me oh, with, they were prank with like this bizarro you. weird stuff that they you know either found online or you know well it, that's rad though that i mean that shapes the show in well, a weird way that's it, fun it was a great comedic thing because i kind of played the straight man i was trying to honestly give these crazy people help and it was hilarious right and they were like saying, oh, I, I was having sex with two girls yesterday and my Gila monster got stuck in her butt crack and we can't get it out. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, we're all the same, right? It's we're all just trying to connect and find love. And, you know, if not love, at least just rub up against somebody for a while. Oh. And, uh, you know, so is that is that what we're after? Is that the you think that's I, the end all be all? I think that's one of the primary driving forces for our species, you know, because we are a species. We're driven by baser instincts for the most part you know higher consciousness has only been a recent development well i mean what like four thousand years how long like because we had the well written record goes back five thousand for the chinese but oh, right you know, it's um and is that what we decide that critical or um that higher that higher consciousness higher thought well, critical th- thought comes from is that once we start writing it down or had a language is that I, like the I think the language was a large part of that and uh, the fact is we actually evolved our brains in a way so that um, we would develop different languages as a form of quote unquote uh, that's the Tower of Babel come on man God struck down the Babel nope, as the nope. hubris of man to it, try it, to get to the top it was a way of uh groups forming societies and closed groups away from other groups so that they could protect resources and things like that and you know so develop your own language so you know who your kind is yeah we we at some level you know uh we self-identify and we form these ideas of what the self is but it's all formed by the people we surround ourselves with so i choose to surround myself with fun comics and you know I, I also keep my industry contacts from back in the day you do that's yeah. how do you do that we go out for drinks every once in a while yeah, every once in a while we get together and talk talk shop or just see that's an, well that's an interesting part of your personality that you keep you still keep people you say you were still close with your family yeah when i'm i just when i leave i just i cut i'm done boom well no i i'm you know i have a <laughs> you left your life but you went oh still go keep it yeah well I, I have a joke that all my exes live in texas because <laughs> uh i don't know where any of them are i don't believe in keeping people in your life once you've closed a relationship huh you know but all the people that are important to me i i hold dear and everybody knows that i'm there for them you know? it's great yeah. i i've just recently learned how to become friends with my ex-boyfriends in fact this this weekend i was actually a groomswoman in one of my ex-boyfriend's weddings. 
which was awesome. <laughs> um, but it was, I. But I'm we're really good friends. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I mean, to each his own. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, you know, I know people who stay friends with their exes and make it work, and you know, they they b- become people in their wedding party and, right you know it was uh, it was weddings or so we, we actually said do you believe in weddings do you believe in marriage as or do you believe in societal constructs like with religion you together know, as as i'm getting quote unquote older being 33 um jesus year yeah I, I thought uh i thought uh you know when i was younger i thought yeah i'll probably find somebody and get married you know as i'm getting older i'm saying well, the idea of finding just one somebody and getting married um, might not be it for me because, you know, I find that I'm reinventing myself now and, you know, I may again in the future and what that means for the other people. So, you know, as it is right now, I keep things open, but, you know, I'm always about open communication. And, you know, as long as you're honest with the person that you're with and communicating your wants and needs and, you know, what goes on. Um, I believe that's healthy, you know. People are never honest though, because they want the other person to like them, so they hide things. Yeah, we all we all try and hide things about ourselves, but I try and be, you know, as honest and forthright as I can. Zach, they're shaking his head. Zach, you're really honest. Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. I over overly so. I mean, it hurts me most of the time, but I still do it. I'll tell like, I met this chick one time, and she's like, well, it was after a show, and she was being really nice, and I just stopped her. I was like. I'm high on amphetamines right now. I just want you to know that. <laughs> so you're coming on to me and, you know, I, I, we ended up fucking, but, like, I was just, <laughs> just straightforward. I'm high on amphetamines. Awesome. That's, that's rad. Um, I, I was, I don't remember what I was going to say after that. I'm sorry. I, I, my, I don't hide anything from my boyfriend now, but when I was first dating him for the first eight months when I was trying to get him to like me, I did all kinds of weird subterfuge shit. Like I ignored him for six weeks. Like I pretended <laughs> he wasn't even there. Why? Because he because he didn't he didn't want to he didn't want to be with me and I knew how to get him back was to just cut myself out of his <laughs> life but always be there. So like I'd be on the it was right, I'm so awful. But on the backpack he knows I did it. I wrote him a letter about it too. I wrote him a really heartfelt letter inside and I'm like, You're a soulless monster. I know you love me, but I'm not gonna bet spend even in won't even give you eye you don't even deserve eye contact until you admit it and then he was like yeah okay fine but i had to like play some stupid game but now now we're in the relationship and it's fantastic but i do think to get into a relationship you kind of have to lie a lot (laughs) Uh, it works better i see it work a lot better (laughs) i believe in being honest and just you know being yourself but that that's also why you know it's easier to get people uh, to like you if you just like don't admit your faults right up front, but then uh, they tend to get mad later. You know what I mean? It's like a trade-off of when when they're going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a good quote wow. about relationships from <laughs> Zach Wiseman. It's a trade-off on when they're going to be disappointed. <laughs> I guess that's true. You're always, you're, but I, the honesty part of it is that when we recognize that the other person has faults and say, I have faults, you have faults, this is going to be okay. Yeah. And the honesty in, in there is, is good. Yeah. yeah. Just being honest, being, being true to yourself, you know. You can be the best version of yourself as long as it's an honest self, you yeah. know. Wow. See, and, uh, but, and honesty, you would think that it would be a trait that would come from a big religious, you know, situation. Some like, of the most dishonest people I know are the most religious people I know. Yeah. I think uh, some people get to a point where they lied so much uh, that they just 
they just convince themselves that they're not lying. Like if you, if you, uh, if you're like, uh, the Earth is flat. Like you say that forever. <laughs> the Earth is flat, and someone's like, no, the Earth is round. Uh, look at look at this. Your brain just doesn't want to admit to itself that it got fucking duped for so long, and they just fucking, nope, it's, ra- it's flat. It's totally flat. Yep. You're yep. lying to me. People don't want to admit they're wrong ever, so they just maintain their lie forever, or their what was thought to be truth for a while. Yeah, they're just not gonna admit it. So, do you think the longest-lasting relationships are those with the most cognitive dissonance, where they just don't relate what the person just told them is the actual truth, rather than what they'd rather see in them? Uh, I bet that works. I've I bet been that's in that a lot relationship where it's like he would think I was lying, he would think I was cheating, he would do all of this stuff to express that he was taking it out on me that I'm doing these things I'm not doing. So it's like, fuck it, I'll cheat then. You know, because it would satisfy his worldview at this point. What am I losing? I'm already getting bastardized for things I haven't done. That's no fun. If I'm going to get blamed, I want to have fun, damn it. But then on the flip side, I get into a relationship where I can be absolutely honest and I'll blatantly say exactly what's going on and just watch their face melt as they're <laughs> registering. Yeah. That is such a load of cra- crap. <laughs> so I think it's where they want to believe you are in their world. I just don't expect people to be anything more than who they tell they tell me they are. They will reveal yeah, over yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. If I put an expectation there, I'm screwed. Yeah, expectations are the worst. <laughs> they really are. Because it's well, it's something that I mean, it's a it's a purely selfish act because it's something that you put on something that you have no control over. So it's like having, I mean, that's that's the hardest thing for me is I'm such a fucking narcissist and I'm so self-centered. It's insane that it's, I mean, it's difficult to be in a relationship because we're really, a lot of it's my schedule and, and it, I don't even see it any other way because it kind of has to be that way. Because <laughs> I'm like, you it's wanted to get involved in my life. Here we go. I just have to remember that the people around me are actually people. They're people. I had a huge shift from I need to be needed, therefore I would satisfy whatever needed to happen in that, no matter what it did to me, versus that to after the divorce, I'm nobody's bitch, but you could be mine. Oh. And it wasn't quite the deterrent I thought it would be. (laughs) I never even said the word bitch before divorce, so it was 17 years of seclusion from the rest of the world, and then boom, I'm out there and having to learn it all over differently. So no two relationships have been the same. How many relationships have you been in that are serious that you would say? You're 33. Mm. You're not, you weren't anywhere. Not that, not that marriage is the end-all be-all of any relationship or that it needs to be a contract that we must enter into. But yeah. I'm just curious. No. How many serious? Uh, probably no more than a few. A th- um, three? Yeah, but uh, you also have to look at the average lifespan of one of my relationships being about three months. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. So. so they never really have gotten to that serious place because yeah. it's only been three months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So how does it... I'm just curious how that shakes out. What? Who's the one who gets disappointed? Who disappears uh, first? I think everybody. Uh, is it like a mutual disappearance? It's it, like a, it's some. Ghosting? Some are. You know, this really isn't working for either of us. Uh, some are me saying it's not working for me. Some are them saying it's you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, and I'm cool with do that. Do girls ever say it's them, or do I, they I always have, say it's you? I have my faults and I understand that um, and I've gotten to a point in my life where uh, I'm doing a lot of introspective 
thought and I'm saying, oh, wow, there's a reason why a lot of these relationships fell apart. I mean, I, number one, I, I either pick or attract completely the wrong people for me. Um, you know, um, I put out a very calm, positive vibe and, um, a lot of, you know, opposites attract. So I get the not calm, the, right. Yeah. Yeah. Super hyper chicks. And, uh, yeah, that'll happen. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it's, I, I have, I have a fundamental belief, which is, um, there's one thing you can't make any of, which is time. Mm. All right. So the biggest sin there is, if, you know, sin is real, uh, is wasting someone's time. Ooh, someone else's time. Yes. So, you know, that's time where they could be out finding the person that's right for them rather oh. than wasting their time trying to make me into that person. Right. You know, because I'm not going to change. We all know that, you know. Right. Uh, so, you know, if it's not working, if it's not right, I'm just honest about it. You know, hey, it's not working. And, uh, you know, let's go try and find other people who it might work with. I wish that we could all waste each other's time a little less, but even in a less relationship sense, more like in a all sense, yeah. <laughs> like all the time. If we could not waste each other's time, that would be amazing. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've been there. I mean, I've been in, well, you've been, you were in a relationship for a long time. I was in a relationship for a long time, too, where there was so much going on where I just... I sh- I, my time was very wasted. Yeah. Yeah. There but were relationships where I was very wasted. You know, it's just, <laughs> you know, I, I, I had a year long relationship that, um, you know, I really, I really cared for the person. They really cared for me, but it just was never going to work. And uh, I was looking back drunk, like 90% of that relationship. Wow. You know, there wasn't a time when there wasn't a drink in my hand. And, uh, you know, looking back over the, you know, past 11 years of my career, there wasn't a time when I wasn't self-medicating somehow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I drink a lot too. It's yeah. true. My And I know my relationship. But the reason our relationship works is we both like to drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, and we don't get in fights. So it's, it's well, good. you know, I, I, I quit the drink. It's been probably about six months. That's probably why your skin looks so great. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I just smoke pot for the anxiety and the depression. That's it. Yeah. Wow, and I'm sure that's great for the pocketbook. You don't have any drinks to buy, so yeah. that makes yeah, it, it saves saves a lot on bar tabs. Yeah, you have. That's really you have a life philosophy that's working. So yeah, you if so if you're you seem you have a life philosophy. You have like you seem one of those driven on a path of your actual life, your own authentic life. Uh, what are the five? We'll, we'll close out with this. What are the five pillars? The five words that you would use to describe anybody who can think of this can answer this too but the five things that you would say describe like like the pillars of what holds you up mm. um, I'd say love love for self love for others you know. is that two or is that one that's that's one okay you know, love um, <laughs> yeah I uh, I would say truth I would say um There's a word for it. Humanity. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would say comedy and uh, ambition. Wow. Succinct. Very nice. Anyone else want to do the five words? Um, let's see. <laughs> I, uh, uh, what, what is it to, that keep you going or fucking? Yeah, that just five words that are part of your like 
the core of your being, sort just of your words? pillars. Words, or I mean, you could open it. It could be a phrase or a thing. I, uh, tricking people. <laughs> uh, fuck you, mom. <laughs> Um, not the opposite of tricking people, but only when it makes them look stupid. <laughs> you know, getting people to admit they're being stupid. Um, comedy. <laughs> and I don't know, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> four, yes, four pillars. Yeah, I'll keep up a... Tricking keep up people. A fuck you, mom. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. Uh, David, you want to, you got your, you got your five? Wow! Yeah. Humility's one of your five. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, you know, they say we're killing on stage what are we killing? We're killing the ego. That's the big dragon. Um, so every time that I get out of the ego, when I get hung up on my own shit, I'm always wrong. Huh. Yeah, I I need to learn humility. I don't understand. I don't, I don't even. I actually don't even really understand what the word means or how to apply it in your life at all. It's like so hard. It's not that hard. I think it's really harder than that. I'm just. I don't even know how to define it. Well, I mean, you just we're all human. Yes, humble. Yeah. I but mean, that's the thing. How do you be? That's but the being humble is so hard because when you actually do something really well, you want to be all like stoked on it. Well, yeah. Stoked. You don't have to. Uh, also, uh, if Pete, like, uh, I rarely bring up that I was on TV, and people find out, and they're like, really? Because the, uh, they respect it more when you don't talk about it, when you just let the things speak for themselves. Ah. Oh. Yep. Wow. See, now, 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 you, you, I, I, underst- I understand now. Jen, you want to go through your, do you have a five? Uh, when they say of uh, faith, hope, and love, love is the greatest. You can't have any of those without courage. Oh, so courage. nice courage! Yes. And none of the other stuff can even register if you don't just take that moment to say, "This has to be bigger than what's keeping me afraid and inside and withdrawn from making good choices." Wow. So yeah, courage, courage has to be my number one. Uh, just being here is a testament to that. Hey. <laughs> um. I do think we have to have forgiveness for the off-gassing we do about all the toxic things that come across our path. There's got to be a way to deal with it. Comedy is an avenue for that, for a lot of people. Um, But being patient with yourself. Patience. Mm. I have Mm. to have the compassion for myself, or there's no way in hell you're going to see any from me. Right. right. Uh, (laughs) But I do think I have offered more to other people than myself for a long time, so I've kind of reversed the dynamic on that. Um, And being passionate about whatever it is that matters to you. I've done everything from water wars to being with a homeless guy over the holidays that was, you know, dumped from a hospital. None of this stuff matches up except for I was there in the moment. I had the will and desire to fill in the gap in a situation where I had the resources easily come to me. It wasn't a big stretch, and I was sitting there thinking, why isn't somebody else doing this? It's that easy. But for me, it was important in the moment. So having that passion to follow through and uh, just set your mind to it and chase it down and beat it <laughs> but beat it um the other thing is just don't bullshit a bullshitter 
And if you know that you have that prevalence within yourself, you've fooled yourself enough to know, yeah, okay, I can smell it coming. Um, just to be honest within yourself that I will abide by so much bullshit before it's like, okay, close that chapter. I don't need to be dragged through the coals anymore and know when to quit. Because I thought staying in a really bad relationship a long time was a victory. Because I didn't quit. Mm, (laughs) And finally when he said, you thought you were in a box before it's going to get smaller. Boxes are for dead people and I would rather live and thrive. So for all the other religions that are talking about what happens after living, I think the message I would share on that is... um, they all pretty much say, don't screw other people without feeling like it's going to come back at you. You know, it's it's in science as well. You know, equal and opposite reaction. Mm-hmm. And if we can just strive for a balance in what we're doing, I mean, I am a crazy motherfucker on the freeway, and yet I am out there helping this stupid stray cat. So <laughs> whatever it is that strikes a balance in me changes daily. And just be in that moment. All right, being in the moment, you guys have been with us in the moment on some Call Me Tim here on MutinyRadio.fm. We're going to follow up here with another hour of pervert fervor. I'd like to thank my special guests today. Uh, we have a bunch of them in the house. We have Arden, David, Zach, Jen, whole group. Thank you, guys. Thanks for coming last minute. Hey. For the, yeah, We were supposed to be Cedric Drake, but he, he bailed. Uh, and, and Timmy Pizza, he will be back. Do not worry. Next week. Uh, hey, come to this. Actually, I'll even say he's in a show. I'll promote his show that's upcoming. This Saturday here at Mutiny Radio is from 8 to 10. It's called Three Mutineers. And it's a new comedy show where I choose three comedians and they all do at least 20-minute sets. So um, on that show is going to be Jeremy Telemontes, uh, Timothy Pizza, and then Matt Goodser. So hopefully he does like 45 and just blows it out of the water and makes me go like, yeah, that's why you're... Back up, sir. Yeah, you know. Well, no, because I, I recently saw Sarah Silverman and Reggie Watts, and I was really disappointed. They were phoned it in. And they were just. I, I was like, why am I not up on that stage? I'm just as good as them. I'm sorry, humility. I'm gonna have to get used to that. Um, but it was really upsetting seeing my idol suck a dick uh, in front of you know. Ter- Who Reggie Watts? Both of them, Sarah Silverman <laughs> and Reggie Watts, both were. Well, Reggie Watts isn't that funny. He just does weird stuff that's entertaining. <laughs> but it wasn't even. He was doing some weird stream of consciousness shit, and I was like, okay, yeah, uh, pff, whatever. Like, right, all right, all right. So this is Pervert Fervor beepity booping its way into your heart. See you guys next week. Bye.
welcome. This is Robbie Martin, owner of Record Label Records. You just ate his toe. You, you eat his toe and now you want to give him a head. Brutal. Like you wanted me, calling me all the time. That Bondi, check out my Chrissy behind it's fine all over the time. What else is in the teachers of peaches? Like sex on the beaches. Uh, what? Huh? Right? What? of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Thank you. 
Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he 